Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one cuck boy, John Gabris. Guys, I am not in the High and Mighty studios, so there is no nearly silent co-host Arthur Gabris. There is a nearly silent co-host Nick Rad, who you maybe know if you listen to any other HeadGum podcast, specifically Twinovation. I'm on the East Coast, so I can get those East Coast peeps on my show, and specifically, I got two of my favorites, my two favorite gray-haired improvisers. <laughs> or and, and that's a that's a compliment to Kevin. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I've got Shannon O'Neill, a.k.a. Spo, and Kevin Hines, a.k.a. khines at rocketmail.com. <laughs> All right, wow. That's it's, the wrong email on purpose. almost <laughs> correct, though. I know what it is, but I'm not going to shout it out because I know you still use almost. it for all your yeah. Maxim and FHM right. subscriptions. Yeah. Just enough that anyone who knows me can figure it out immediately and start emailing me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they know you, I would hope they would have it. No way. <laughs> not Kevin. No way. Not Kevin. All pen and paper. Guys, we're going to be talking about improv. I've got the artistic Snooze. director. I got both the stage and the school in one room, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Before that, guys, as always, I'm being so professional, it's really funny. Uh, before that, we... That's uh, professional? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm, yeah. I'm not positive what professional means. <laughs> I'm wearing a button-down shirt for not much longer. I got a tank top on underneath, bitch. You were talking to who when you said bitch? The oh, listeners. Oh, not you. <laughs> Pants are still on. The general yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Ride or die. Ride or die. Um, guys, as always, if you rate me five stars on the... I, rape me again. Um, excuse me. If you rate me five stars on the iTunes app and then roast me in the comments, I will read it on this podcast. Yes, that's right. Please. And I'm on episode like 120 at this point. But please review my podcast. Um, here we go. This is from Twan58. The title is The Heavy Truth About Joe Gabros. The most intriguing part about Jim Gay Bruce's podcast is the inevitability that one day he will have a heart attack and die in the midst of recording. 
One day, the heavy breathing in between yelling over his guest to talk more about being a lifeguard will stop. I never miss an episode, just in case this is the one. Oh, man, I hope I... I always said I want to die either fucking or recording a podcast. Yeah. Those are the two peaks. Oh, I hope it's recording a podcast. Yeah, for Tiffany's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and not even me dying during sex, just me having to have sex with her, that poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just record all your sex just in release, case you can yeah. release it as a podcast. Oh, sure. I mean, I have it all. On okay, I just never thought of a reason. To have there you it. go. <laughs> yeah, guys, if anyone wants to buy uh, videos of me and my wife fucking or mason jars full of semen, let me Louis know. Louis C.K. has it for $5. <laughs> 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 yeah. Go to pignewton.com. <laughs> uh, then, uh, this review is from Sarah, Sarah W. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah W. And the title is, Where is my insulin? And the review is, What Diabetes Sounds Like. Ouch. That's, that's, that's the review? A, that's the review. It's, I guess that's a roast. Um, hey, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah W., my wife is diabetic, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> what if I got really offended for the first time over being this called? This is the one. Yeah, this yeah. is the one. And I don't have diabetes. My A1C is in check. Just ask my doctor. Cool. I'm quitting this podcast. You've hurt me too much. <laughs> yeah. This is upsetting. And Tiff has it. Just from eating well. Right. T- <laughs> Tiff got it. She got it as like an autoimmune disease, unfortunately. Like, so she's type one and it's not because of choosing. I'm making all the, it's, we, we love to play the game. Look at the two of us. Which one do you think has diabetes? <laughs> right. it's not. The normal size human or the 300 pound sweaty monster standing? The proof man. all religions are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Religious is because uh, that's, that dictates diabetes, right? I mean, it's just good things happening to bad people and bad things happening to good people. Oh yeah, that- that's what I'm getting into. That's completely reasonable. Yeah, yeah, That's a yeah. reasonable argument. All right, here's the last review before we get into it. This is called Workers of the World by The Marinator. Oh. Grebes is a hedonistic white privileged degenerate. Agree. Agree. So far, <laughs> okay. so far, not a roast. Seems like a compliment. <laughs> yeah. One week, he's eating an exorbitant amount of nuggies high out of his mind. The next, he's getting hyped about a trip to Vegas. He complains about having to engage in politics. He must have more important things to attend to. We are spiraling out as a nation, and he's worried about missing his big break. Liberals, don't be like this. <laughs> Okay, that's to be fair, that's from when I had Henry Zabrowski on and I said, I really don't want us to have a nuclear attack because I feel like I'm just about to get my career going. (laughs) And that is honestly the first thing that passed through my head. I'm like, if L.A. gets nuked, I'm so close to getting a good deal. (laughs) You'll have just you'll have just gotten a part and some show. Oh, and I'll be like something that is mediocre, but I'm so excited. for. I'm going to be in a TV land series (laughs) two times out of the whole season, but I'm dead. That's recurring. Hey, signing up. You know him remember when we all had conan o'brien in our credits because we did one sketch in like 2004 i never did but i know what you're talking about i had it in my, and then i would be like oh. now ev- now if you now it's like everyone has a tv credit right because it's, it's so like, easy to get one i'm a terrible yeah. actor i have tv credits yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm a terrible actor and i have a ton and uh, uh none of a channel you've heard of though that's my thing and we got spo true tv darling over here oh baby yeah. true, Ooh, TV true darling. tv live baby yeah fun um from the chris gathered show in case you're wondering what the fuck i'm talking about um guys as always rate me five stars and roast me in the comments and i'll say your name on air or your itunes handle i really don't give a fuck just someone do it so i have something to do every week uh enough of that guys let's move on to a real serious conversation Wait, about improv no more laughing no more laughing improv's not funny it's, it's serious it, it doesn't I have mean, to be honestly i'm a huge fan of harsh it's 50 percent not funny <laughs> it's 80 percent not, not funny, funny. yeah true. I'm being nice. <laughs> and uh it's 20 percent not trying to be funny 
and then 100% trying to be funny, 80% succeeding. <laughs> Follow me here. I can't. 5%. It's 75% white. Um, How much of your podcast is normally math-based? <laughs> Most of it, to be honest. <laughs> Most of it, I'm just hashing out the quadratic equation. <laughs> All right, Great. so X equals negative B plus right. or minus B squared minus 4AC. Um the reason right. I wanted to have you guys on to talk about improv is both you have risen to powerful ranks amongst the UCB New York, but also you were guys were both on my first good improv team. Yeah. First good improv team. My second improv team. <laughs> my first real improv team that lasted more than six months and wasn't a clusterfuck. Because I was on Havana Clambake briefly, and then I went to Mailer Demon with you guys. Right. And then the three of us were also on Flange. my probably my best Harold team, so two in a row. That would have been what, like four years maybe between Mailer Demon and Flange we performed together? Just under, yeah. Yeah. Because Mailer Demon, I think we were for a year a little over a year, and right. Fond was, and then Rogers went to eighty five, and kind yeah. of we kind of split the split down there. Right? Yeah, yeah, we and also like Appel and Moses, and uh, maybe oh, Appel, Appel moved, and Moses. Appel moved to L A. Moses went to Yale. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Rogers, Rogers, and Rogers went to, and Rogers was dying to get away from us. Defected, <laughs> and then we contributed went on. to the list of who will take the spots of Moses <laughs> and Appel. Yeah, Phil gave like was like argued. For a lot of people, and was not, and he already people knew he was leaving. And knew he was leaving and didn't tell us. Ben Rogers, you dirty little fucking that piss sounds rant. just like Ben uh, to have super strong opinions and then bail on but, the. Uh, yeah. But uh, our, our, but Fawn became one of the best Herald teams, and if Ben was on it, it probably wouldn't have been. Yeah, Ben, you would have fucking ruined. You would have ruined it. Ben would have been the wrong piece. I don't know if we should. Uh, I don't know if we fair, should do I that opening. Think, I'm kidding. I don't think Ben would have actually liked being on Flaunt, no, but I would have also said that Sean Hart wouldn't have liked being on Flaunt. I think and Ben would have liked actually being on Flaunt when he. I think when he first saw what we were doing, he was a little jealous because 85 was doing headier stuff, and he, I think he wanted to do sort of that follow the impulse stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, so guys, and I love how so he claimed. Great. Great improviser. Or so he claimed to make me yeah. uh, feel better. Uh, yeah, I love, feel I love that juicy <laughs> detail of the the defector. The he yeah. was like a well the other the other good juicy detail of defection, which doesn't entail you two guys, was when the law firm was we were like we're making a Harold team and we're gonna bust our ass as a Harold team until we get a weekend slot. Like we are picking this team specifically to be a weekend team, and then within one week of becoming a Harold team, Gavin and Pally accepted Death by Ruru, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were two of your founding members of the. Yeah. Yeah. Law firm that they founded so we can perform and create yeah. a weekend team. I'm like, well, guys, <laughs> that's not fair. We so started fast. this entire team for that reason. Um, I remember we were all pretty miffed about that. Guys, we are already so neck deep yeah. in inside baseball. Inside. Your, your followers are dropping like flies. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, but more people are tuning in that w wouldn't have listened normally. Yeah, right. It's like people were like, this will be the secret to getting on a beta team. Or, like, <laughs> Lloyd is what yeah, I'll help say. you on a beta team. Yeah. yeah you guys. <laughs> you want to get on a beta team? I'll <laughs> Well, three of us should get into start a beta team. <laughs> There's like a hundred beta teams. They don't produce anything in our theater, but they have to rehearse once a week. Yeah, they're paying a fortune. They're paying through the. No um, I want to talk about Mailer Demon for a second. That was my yeah. first good Harold team. The first time I felt like I was with on a team where other people weren't scared. I think like a first yeah. Harold team is a hard environment for people because everyone's. It's more about not getting cut than having fun, and. I was completely a cocky asshole even right off the bat. So I never felt like I was going to get cut. <laughs> so then when I got to a team or made up of other people who were like, no, we're, we're doing good. It was such a fucking relief. And it was relief because we were all rookies on that first team. And then we had vets on this team. Uh, but also we, prof I, I was talking to Dom about this. We, uh, Dominic Dierkis. Dominic Dierkis, uh, who was also on. Uh, I'm not Mailer familiar Demon. with that person. He was Mailer Demon and Fwand as well, right? Yeah, he was yes. both. Um, 
we would perform Tuesday nights at Harold Night. Yeah. Sunday night rehearsal. Um, th- uh, Friday, Friday night at every other same every other Friday, and then we did go on a cage match run. Yeah. For yeah. like uh like two months or like eighteen, we yeah. did something crazy. So that and was right near the end of when Mailer Demon stopped existing. So like we were performing as Fwan, <laughs> Mailer Demon, uh, Fwan, and Fwan. It was like it was so crazy. When when we had we were that, doing improv four times a week with the same people, uh, including a three hour rehearsal, yeah. which yeah. then me, Appel, and Rogers would go to uh, Ask Hat, not do it, but steal tacos <laughs> in between shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's why we were good. I think yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying. That's what nobody does anymore. Is like now everyone's on five teams or whatever. But it, we fuck just we, the opportunities. There's just so many opportunities yeah. now. When we were on Harold teams, there wasn't like a bunch of opportunities. Like, yeah, I people, wasn't in a wasn't, practice group before I got. And put also, on like team. you weren't. Yeah, I mean, you weren't doing podcasts. You weren't right. doing web series. Or like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. all these other ways of expressing your creativity. Yeah. But so we were like the last. You, you could still do it now. Yeah. Right, you could still do it. It's just you have to find those people that would want to do it. Yeah, and were we the last Herald it. team that did like a run outside the theater at a space? Because I can't think of whoever we no, other we teams did it. it. Mother, somebody. mother did it. Someone took over for us. I think it was um, Brian Foss's team, um, Tantrum. Tantrum, because I think did it whoever also. we had Tantrum did it with us. With us, yeah. And then I think we left and left left it for Tantrum. Like and Tantrum ran it, it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no one else was doing that for a while. And yeah. Now also it. now even with just doubling the amount of stage time at UCB alone, your your yeah. your little side just shows too. People have other shows, right? Your side yeah. team can pop up there too. Yeah. Meanwhile, we were just as Mailer Demon and then as Fond performing so fuck. Yeah. And if uh, if the Mailer Demon newsletter was uh, any testament, we were the anchor slot for Harold Knight. So it was. Yeah. every Tuesday and yeah. so that was there was a six month run where we had one Tuesday off <laughs> and, and then we and got, I was pissed yeah. that, I was like come on why aren't we up I was, I was like, I was like I, oh, what did we do wrong I went from one a month and getting stressed about getting cut yeah. to every Tuesday yeah. and then going what do you mean I don't get a yeah. fucking 50th slot yeah. in a row <laughs> I mean I left my stepmother's funeral to make it back for a show that's how <laughs> it was like committed it was yeah. insane for us like that's we, that's all I cared about it was, like it yeah. was fun and I would yeah. like be blowing off anything on a Tuesday night and also we and were Giants rehearsal. games Giants and games that was the worst was Sunday night rehearsals Sundays 3 yeah. to 6 oh fuck dude right? 3 to 6 yeah. we were like floating around because sometimes we did 6.30 to 9.30 and yeah. once people started teaching and yeah. someone took that 3 to 6 slot yeah it was brutal but what can you do you want to get fucking also, good yeah one we're of my favorite Mailer Demon shows, I don't remember any specifics except Porter Mason was coaching us, I think. And we came off stage. Maybe it wasn't Porter Mason, but we came off stage and they were. he was like, whoever was the coach, I think it was Porter, was like, that was 17 minutes. <laughs> we yeah. were like, really? Yeah. And we did like three third beats. And it was like, we were getting so tight and so crazy. Mailer Demon all. shows, we struggled to hit 20 minutes. <laughs> we did. Because um, we were just blowing shit yeah. out from like the mo- moment one. Eric Appel in every second scene. Dom editing every like effort three lines <laughs> he would just be like, and it would be like oh, we made 10 moves in those three lines and group games were just like insane that that's like we we had like that ass cat vibe even as a Harold team because everyone could just be straight funny on their own on, on that team where it was like there there is that like component of like everyone plays their part we're a good team but we were also all just like could stand in a circle and just say weird funny shit and get by on it and we often did that as a group game oh yeah <laughs> I had a flashback walking here of, and I have I have a real bad long term memory. Um, I don't remember a lot of improv shows I do, but I remember uh, it was you and I, and there was like we were being attacked, and I was like they're on the roof, and you just kept you're just like the roof. 
No, I well, know what it was. I got it. No, it was Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. It was yeah. Wolf. Yeah. I remember that. Wolf. Yes, yes. I knew you said it. It was Wolf. And you're yeah. still saying it. That's how I say <laughs> it. Wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, Gabrus couldn't let it go. The audience did no. not care about no, it, but it was just sounds three minutes ago. I was going, Wolf? Wolf? And wolf? Then that's when not, the reason you have roof in your head is because I'm like, don't tell me the wolves are on the roof now. And I started putting an L into roof to to try to make yeah. a game move out of yeah. me just that's berating right. you. <laughs> I had like 50 scenes that were just like, I found a detail wrong. Like that's from, I found that like, I learned that from John Gemberling watching Ruru, <laughs> watching Monkey Dick and Ruru so much. Like that was the team that when I came to the theater was performing on Harold Knight was Monkey Dick. And I just fell in love with, yeah. of course, like Curtis and uh, Gamberling and Neil and uh, Will and like all those dudes. I was like, fuck, dude, this is the best. And Dynamo <laughs> is like a legit look at you. Like, I don't know what this person is doing, but she's cracking me up, even though she doesn't seem to be enjoying this <laughs> at all. <laughs> like like uh, that was another crazy thing I learned at the theater was that not all comedians were like me. You know what I mean? And that's like a great self-centered view of yeah, the universe. Yeah. But I assumed when I Are went any back, like you? Yeah, a few. Okay. There's like a few of like who are would would have been the funniest dude in their fraternity now has actually focused their energy on becoming a comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those. I you see those like every. I uh, mean, Finelli. Yeah, he's not like you, but he's like yeah. the funny frat dude. Yeah, and he's like, but he's oddly not confident either. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, but Finelli grossly, has sort of a chill energy, and Gabrus has a nonstop frantic. I got to get this out or the roof's going to collapse. I got to I got to get mine. We did that weird like uh what was that like vodka sponsorship show? Like do you remember doing this? And you were sort of half hosting while we were doing these improv sets. Do you remember any of this? Vodka? It's a competition. I think it, it was a competition. It was not it wasn't vodka, it was a dark liquor. It was yeah, like it, was, it like a, was like a Jack Daniels or a Captain Morgan competition. Something like that, and I yeah. think Mother won it, and they won like $5,000 or something. Oh, was it that yes, thing? yes, yes, uh, yes. Yes, I think we I came in. That. And it was bullshit that we there. lost, right? I think you guys must have done it after I left Fwand. Okay, I don't remember when it happened. I just remember I Gabriel remember there was like a 20,000. Like, uh, flipped a switch and just went nuts, and it was so funny. But I don't know if you breathed until the set was over. I can do that. I can yeah. really take, I really enjoy the stage time. <laughs> I love a hosting ASCAT. Oh, isn't it the best? Hosting ASCAT is. Is more fun than doing ASCAT. <laughs> it can be. I pretty much, keep yeah. my, my one man show that I'm doing in LA now is pretty much, it's called Gaber's Bullies the Audience. And I just walk <laughs> around, talk to the audience and make fun of them. And yeah. it's like, I, I'm that's ripping off do, Rickles. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do my. Talk show Strangers Wanted, where I just talk to the audience and right. I bring them up on stage and interview and them. And interview them, yeah. <laughs> I think people in the audience are so, I just think strangers are just so f interesting. And they're so willing to share how fucking stupid yeah. they are. It's yeah. great. I think you and I have a good skill of just, of like shitting on people. And them not hitting you. Yeah, but not hate, but not being do. mean. There's because yeah. there's a certain level of person you need or to. Or you be can find that person if you do like start talking to them. It's like oh, clearly like the audience is turning on them, and it's like well, I can turn on them now too. Right, <laughs> right, like, right. Everyone's kind of like oh, that guy's or that yeah. lady is just like oh, what is wrong with them? I've been told a few times. Uh, who said it? I forget what podcast I was on. They were like, he says the worst things, but you like him for some reason. Yeah. It's got to be harder in L.A. because those audiences are. Dude, I sensitive. <laughs> I bring some real weird shit to ask cat and it never you know I'm like my go-to like panic move is like I've got a child under the floorboards that I've been oh, like fucking Casey yeah, yeah I'm always like <laughs> fucking the skull of a 10 year old magician's assistant I people found. don't find that charming <laughs> yeah no it does not work a good go-to move I remember <laughs> back in when I was on effed up family when I first moved to LA Anthony Atamanik came out to sit in with us and he made a 9-11 reference and no one and he no one reacted 
it was really like the crowd was like, huh? and then he turned to the crowd and was like, <laughs> I lived in New York when it happened. And it was like, oh my God. And it's like, you're making this so much worse. Anthony hates when his moves uh, uh, get groans or don't accept it. He gets mad at them. It's, for... he's, got, he's the funniest type of instigator yeah. in that he instigates and then is upset with you when they are instigated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, John F. Kennedy was a gay lord. And people are like, huh? And he's like, oh, it's true if you read about it. And you're like, oh my God, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> he always has some kind of uh, super hot take. He's great for a hot take. <laughs> some, yeah, some like Mason's dissertation in his back pocket that, that he's he ready to get. pull out to explain. It's actually true. David Icke says that the lizard people are infiltrating. You're like, oh, here we go. And that's like an 11 minute. Uh, I remember doing a monologue one Tony. time where he. <laughs> I do love you, Tony. As a matter of fact, you are my guest on the live High and Mighty. <laughs> oh, I saw that. <laughs> um, we. Uh, Let's. What made you get started in improv? Let's like that's a fun question, right? Oh, what, the, the origin story of us. Yeah. What What got you started? Um, I went to Chicago on like a college field trip for the. Oh my God! What was that nerdy thing I did? National Broadcasting Association was like this like nerdy group I was in. So you've and, always been into the NBA. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. High five. No, you have to high five me, Kevin. <laughs> you were like, ah. Well, you came at me backwards. I wasn't sure where that was going. <laughs> the wrist, baby. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's germ free. <laughs> so, uh, and the annual um, gathering was like in Chicago. And so I'd always been an SNL fan. And I was like, oh, and I, so I knew of Second City. And you knew City. that like, comedy, a lot and of comedy came from there. A lot of, yeah, a lot of SNL people came from Second City. So I wanted to check it out. Got like 12 people to say, yeah, let's go. And then only like four of us actually went. <laughs> and uh, and I saw Paradigm Lost, which was Rachel Dratch and Tina Fey. Holy and shit. And it and Dorf um, and others Fuck. that I'm, I'm missing. And it was, it blew my mind. And that was just like the sketch. And then they did the improv. And I was like, what? And like that blew my mind. So when I moved to New York um, to work in TV, I just was like, I got to try an improv class. And I took one in college and it was just like, lame like the teacher didn't know what the fuck he was doing it was like, right was like, hindsight being 2020 like you're like some holy short form. shit yeah it was like some I'm, short form thing and like but there was like so many rules attached to it already yeah. with short form i was like wait it's improv like i have to like follow this yeah, like, i have to say giving alphabetical this, order of words or whatever yeah, yeah and i was great at it but i was just like <laughs> this is not fun like i wanted to break away so then uh, yeah i just asked a friend uh, that I was working with when I moved here, I was like, where should I take improv? And he was like, you could do Second City or you could do Upright Citizens Brigade. He's like, I think you would prefer Upright Citizens Brigade. So, oh, that's awesome. So I wrote a $25 check. <laughs> that's how much? Yeah. Mailed it in and that yeah. secured you a spot on the wait list and then you would get... Um, I forget. Then you would just get an email. You would list like the times you could do. And yes, at some point you'd get times. a phone call and it would be like, all right, you're, you start June 1st, Tuesday at 7 or whatever. Yeah. Shit. So yeah. it was like Sunday. I think I took like a Sunday, like 9 a.m. class. A lot class of more early morning weekend classes. Was this 2001? This was 2000. 2000. Yeah. Because yeah. so I started the same check. exact time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then you, yeah, you're just kind of like told like, okay, here's yeah. your class. It's like, I got a great. call from John Ross Bowie, who I didn't know, just telling me like, all right. Speechless you start, is John uh, Ross Bowie. That's right. <laughs> it's like, you know, you start at this time and that's it. Yeah. And you just took it and then you brought your remaining, your remaining 275. And yeah. what made you want to take a UCB So class? I had moved to New York and Will was already here uh, taking classes. He had Will just, Hines, your brother. Will Hines, yeah. my older brother. Uh, and he was taking classes and he took me to shows and- 
at first I was like, well, I can't do this. I've never performed. And I would watch ASCAT and be like, these guys are and you were right. good. And I, yeah, <laughs> I was 100% right. And that was it. That was my but improv journey. <laughs> my improv journey ended there. Yeah, and that's positive why I'm on this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I clean dishes at the UCB Theater, and uh, thanks for being here. No. We don't need a dishwasher, dude. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing no it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think when I started going to class shows, because Will was in class shows, I'd be like, oh, well, I could take classes, right. and that'd be a thing to do, because I don't know anyone in New York, and I like comedy, and I like this. You were like a comedy fan. I feel like that's... Yeah. Uh, like, our, our I, mean, I, I had no idea I was going to be a performer, but I knew I liked comedy so much, and I was like, oh, I want to do it. Yeah, I liked comedy. I liked saying, like, oh, these are other people who like comedy. If nothing else, that'll be fun, and I'll take a few classes, and then I'll move on, and then I never, ever stopped. <laughs> and now ever. you have been working there yeah. for the, a decade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> in some capacity. So 17 years ago, I took a class. At that time, going, I'll take, like, three classes. <laughs> And now look yeah. at you now living can't. in the fucking suburbs on that hot, hot improv <laughs> <That's right>. money. <laughs> yeah. Buying homes, raising sons. Yeah. None of which I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Married well. Yeah, Smart that's man. right. That's right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I pretty much was, I was doing improv in college and. Humorists. The humorists. Humorists. College. Um, and I was at a comedy festival at Skidmore and I saw a lot of other people doing, and I was like into it, but then I saw a lot of other people doing it and doing it well, and some people doing long form and a lot of sketch, and I was like, holy, and video, and I was like, oh my God, this is what to do. And then randomly, I was coming, I was home for like a winter break and going to a Knicks game with some friends from Long Island, and we got lost trying to find this vintage, not getting lost, going to upstairs from Penn Station. <laughs> we took the Long Island Railroad in. We're like, I know there's a cool vintage store downtown. Turns out we we're going to Cheap Jack's, which is like the most expensive ripoff store <laughs> in town. So we went down there. We found it. We didn't buy anything. Then when we were walking back, we got lost. And I walked past and I saw the garage door down with the uh, 3D glasses. The goggles. Uh, yeah, yeah, the goggles. And I went, I saw it and I was like, I watched because I was a comedy nerd and I watched all these comedies and I was like, oh shit, I love that show. That's so funny. I wonder, is this an ad for the show? I didn't know anything about the theater. So I dogpiled it when I got home or Yahoo searched it. <laughs> dogpiled? Yeah, dogpile dog was a search engine I used that uh, was like Yahoo. It's like your kayak of travel. Right, 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 yeah. it, like the it screen would be everything. split into fourth. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> oldest conversation ever. Uh, so I, uh, and I looked up and then I saw. You pulled up the microfilm. You scanned <laughs> yeah, around was, looking yeah, for any references. I was turning the knobs like Clarice Starling. And I, uh, I fucking see, I'm like, oh shit, it's a theater. Oh my God, they teach classes. And then like the improv class description used to be a joke and it said like, like gorilla training. It said like guerrilla warfare, jungle combat, like all these things. And I was like, even this is just funny. I'll sign up. And I signed up and my junior year, in between junior and senior year, I was home on Long Island lifeguarding. And then like Tuesday nights, I would have the early shift at the beach and jump right on the Long Island Railroad and show up and <laughs> take my little level one class. What year was this? Two thousand. This was the with Vanessa Bayer. Remember you oh, found yes. that out for about us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2003, the year before I graduated. Yeah. So you were at Chelsea? Um, we, our, my classes were on 23rd. Remember Where, when it was what at, theater were we in? We were in Chelsea. We were in Chelsea we were at that Chelsea. point. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea's the, the only I mean, theater I ever went 26th to. Twenty Sixth Street. Twenty Sixth Street's the only one I've ever Got been it. to. As a matter of fact, oh, which, so you saw the painted in the window. 
Yeah, no. Uh, when I saw it, it was the Twenty Second Street. Street. Yeah, oh, uh, but so by the time you took classes, by the time I moved. took classes, it was on Twenty Third because I had to go to school for a year. I didn't even think to commute down yeah. or quit school. Yeah. Well, in hindsight, <laughs> hindsight, I should just fucking I've done that. <laughs> no, I think it's worked out right. But I would have. I'm, yeah, no, as a matter of fact, you may fact, not have. You may have like right. done something and yeah. pissed someone off yeah. just from being. An One idiot. year stupider. Right. <laughs> well, I, I think I got, I, I think I got through the UCB program right before like the stupid people started getting like. We, I always joke that I was in the last generation of. Do you understand game? Yep. <laughs> All right. Cool. You're on a Harold team. Like after me. Like I think when I auditioned, it was like 60 to 80 people, and then like the next year it was like 400 or something crazy. It was like my last year where it was like 10 of 60 got on. The next year it was like eight of 500. And I made it just in where it was like back when like any loose cannon who had like stage presence and can understand patterns. It just gets harder and harder and harder. Like I do think like if I'd started like six months earlier, I would have gotten on one much faster. It took me forever to get on one. But then I was like, if I started a year later, maybe I'd never get on one. (laughs) And you can always just, you could do that. You can nickel and dime every single decision in your life that way down to like, oops. Yeah. Because I'm always like, oh, if I would have went to NYU, I would have started three years earlier at UCB. Who knows where I would have been? But then I- Such debt right now. Yeah. I know. I'd be in even more debt and not married. Because before Shannon and I started, there wasn't even auditions. It was just like, they put people on. You didn't audition. I didn't. My, I, yeah, I was just put on. There you was and no Gethard auditions. were like the last There people. might have been one other team before us. Because Petrol was Petrol the first was audition team. First audition. Yeah, I didn't. When I got on my first time, I had to audition later because my team got broken up and I didn't get placed. So I had to audition, Um, which, yeah, but I still, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just got an email. I actually didn't even think about, to me, I was just having a lot of fun. And it was like that thing, like I had a job at CBS as a page and then like, oh, this is where I get to be you know, social and that, like make same me yeah, friends. Same like at VH1. And so I like was interning Friday nights and I like loved it and I was uh, just taking classes because it was fun and I just was like, oh, this is so cool and like this is, this comedy is so weird. And, and was and Friday night like, Swarm then or they were Fridays sad? was Swarm and um, there's often like Naked Babies had like a long running show oh, and yeah. then so great. there was like The Jam and The Jam would go to like the two, jam was 3 a.m. There was oh. no bucket we changed it when Fwand or yeah. Miller, when we took over the jam, hosting the jam, whatever it was, Liquid Courage or uh, Jamming with Ralph. Jamming with Ralph. Jammin Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Like I specifically was like, we have to organize this better, bringing it so back. So it ends. So it ends. And because when it was at 22nd Street, that jam was, you just jump on stage. There'd be 30 people on stage. Yeah. And, it it was, was like, and it was generally the drunkest, <laughs> it, stupidest people and the, the shy people, who some of who were like, Gethard rarely got on stage. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't want to jump up in this madness. And Gethard yeah. was great. And everyone thought he was great. But he's like, I can't. This yeah. is terrifying Meanwhile, to me. Yeah, I mean, there was a it scene. It rewards the w- wrong behavior. Yeah, yeah. Big jams yes. like that. And I remember yeah. like being in a scene with Charlie Sanders. And I mean, this was 2000, 2001. It was like very, it was before I was on a team. So it was like, you know, and. And I would get like my fry, my my spine would freeze. I'd be like so full of fear. Oh, that's like so crazy up. to imagine. Well, Respecto O'Neal hosted being it. Respecto, <laughs> yeah. Respecto hosted like, it. Hubel and Owen and, like, Hubel and, and like, Billy would always Respecto be there. And it's being like you're just like oh my god, Jackie. Like these guys, they're all so awesome. And I, um, I think Respecto more than any other team. To take a quick aside, is one of those teams where you talk about a very funny team made up of eight insanely funny on their own individuals. Yes, like they're like yeah. the swarm was more of a team. You know what I mean, and but uh, I, I, like in their dynamic, but I think Respecto was like like the Suicide Squad, like eight <laughs> lunatics yeah. that all worked really well together. Yeah, and yeah. I remember well, there's like two memories I have. 
one was um, I went, I like jumped on stage and I did a move and it hit well. And then I went and I sat in a seat and then a scene continued and I was like, oh, I could do a callback. But like my spine froze. Oh my and I was God. like, oh, I have the perfect callback. But my like, and then I just like, look, and then I saw Hubel turn his head and look at me and he like pointed to get up and I was like, he knows too. <laughs> so I, I went and did it and it like killed. And I was like, oh, and then like, that loosened me up. I was like, oh, Hubel like pointed at me being like, I know you know what to do. Right. And it was yeah. sort of awesome. like, it was like this like, pat it also the, validated yeah. your instinct where like, yes. should I do a callback here? Yes. And someone, Hubel, who we all thought was insanely charismatic and funny, you uh, would, if he looked at you and was like, are you doing that callback? You're like, I was gonna, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. yeah. That's, so that like loosened me up. I was like, oh, I can do this. Uh, it gave me like this boost of confidence. And then I remember like one of my most uncomfortable moments on stage was like, not ever, but of that jam. <laughs> no, you, would have, you would have plenty more of those. No, but of like the jam of just how it was such a fucking free for all of being in a scene with Charlie Sanders and baby Charlie Sanders. And again, so young. With hair. With mm. hair, but just like, like. A little bit. Like fuzz. <laughs> um, and we're in a Barnes and Noble and he just was like, I forget what, where he said was like, let's go. We're gonna go behind those stacks. I'm gonna fuck you. And I remember just being like, "What? <laughs> like, I don't know how to handle this." Because <laughs> nothing in class came up of like, oh, but it was just like people were just like yeah. the most insane. And it was baptism by fire, learning yes. at the jam. Yes. Yeah, and it's nothing. It's not me saying anything negative about Charlie Sanders. Right. Thing of being like, I don't know how to. I remember now, what, oh, now that's you now. saying fuck you behind the stacks. <laughs> now I'm the one saying I'm fuck you I am the, the one who fucks. <laughs> I remember oh, watching I those jams so though and being so impressed by Respecto because they made most of the scenes pretty good and pretty, it was still watchable even though it was insane. Were, right? like great jams. And I still think back to that and just being like, oh wow, every scene was good. Owen and Hubel and Billy and Chad, they made every scene look good. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's how good I want to be. I want to be so good that you could throw garbage at me and it'll be like a pretty good scene yeah i remember on like some teams when uh, or practice or uh, classes where people would be like oh yeah my scene partner sucked in that i'm like no. Uh, no i don't know i mean you were also my scene partner in a later scene and i thought you sucked but i didn't care <laughs> like well, yeah. that's fine once you understand that like sometimes it's not going to be great it's yeah. like you get you've got to get so good that it doesn't matter yeah it's gonna you're gonna be good it is, that is it's like i've been I haven't done a jam in a while Maybe like in a year, but there's that's gonna, there's pretty recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for me too, it's probably been about a year, which is not that long. Yeah, and I still felt, yeah. I, I always feel, even if I'm feeling bad about my improv, I do a jam. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this so easily. These right? people are all just, terrified. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so. And just like learning, just learning to help people. Yes. Yeah. So I just like make your scene partner look good. Yeah. Like that's, and it's also, if you don't, I don't know if you played sports growing up. Did you play sports, Kevin? A little Hines? bit. Not well. I think having played sports a lot. Help has helped me so much in my improv. Same here. Because you figure out like what is my role? Oh, tonight I'm just the offensive guard. Yeah, you know I'm just what? Blocking. I can't dribble very well, but I can fucking pass right now. Yeah. You know, it's like and I, I think I, also I, my the three thing point sports shots off. It's like I don't need to take three pointers. I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna say a line to Connor Ratliff and watch him fucking yeah. run. That, that's really cool. My thing was D and D, which is pretty yeah. much yeah, improvising but, in character. Yeah. So like when I started doing improv, I started getting decent at. It. I was like, oh, this is just like D and D. It's like I just need to make. I have to do. We have to do this mission. I got to find a way to make this thing happen. Right. And then you realize what the next step in a campaign would be. It's like, yeah. all right, I got to get them to the orc stronghold. That means they got to go to the tavern. So you know, yeah. I build the scene. You, I'm still a paladin, but like, we have to do this mission. Yeah. So I can't stand here and fucking argue with right. the. The, the, the assassin yeah. so I have to you, figure out why and it's like oh it's easy though it's like that's all just to have I want to have fun so I'm going to do that and you're basically I've never played D&D &D. 
Yeah. What? And I don't want to. Um, no, <laughs> please, please uh, play with us. Well, you basically are like, you're just, it's <laughs> all about agreement, right? Yeah, like, it's all about it. something, you have yeah. to take whatever. If you're good at it. Whatever yeah, the dice roll, you have to say like, yes, Mike. My right. quaalude is in my anus now. Is that part of D and D? I think you may have played it before. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, it's actually uh, the, I've done both sports and D and D. I think there's not as much dice rolling as people realize. It's more just like sitting around pretending. It's right. weirdly right. like we're just going to do make believe, and every now and then you roll a die, and you're like, oh, I guess I missed anyway. But it's also you. There's like an element to like. Uh, well, my character would charge into battle, and everyone's right. like, "No, we're gonna lose." And it's like, "But I feel like Bruner Battlehammer or whatever yeah. would charge into battle." And then that sort of teaches you. I mean, Colbert talks about it that the reason he's so good as improvising as that fake Colbert from his old yeah. show from the Colbert Report was that he was improvising as a character playing D and D and didn't even know it in hindsight. Like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it took him to learning improv to being like, "Oh, this is the same thing as DMing. This is the same thing as playing the goblin." And it's yeah. a game, so no matter what you do, you're just like, "What's the most fun choice?" Is like, "Is it more fun for this guy to make the mistake and run in, or right. would that make it less fun?" Because we'd all for sure die. It's like, "Oh, maybe I will hold back in right, this time and find I, a reason to." I want to make the most fun thing happen. Yeah, and you, yeah. So you want it to be a you want it to be a cool movie and an action scene. So it's like, well, th- I'd rather dive in and see what everyone does to jump back to sports i think the other thing that sports helps you with in improv is the uh, losing well it's those two things losing and getting cut now you're because in my type spo- of sports sports is objective meritocracy <laughs> like if you like i would be like i really want to be a starter on the football team but that dude is better than me yeah. so i sit i try to get better and then when i get my chance i play as hard as i can and i make sure i'm getting something out of it because i I'm going to practice as much as that dude does and not play as much as he does. Mm-hmm. So I need to get in my head that that's that's the and it's only cuz he's better than me. And I know it gets a little you get into some murky waters when it's improv cuz it's arguably subjective, but you are objectively pointing Yeah, I was going to say now. like it feels like cuz I was bad at basketball. I was the worst person on a great team and I bear I would be put in garbage minutes and I would miss all my shots. And I'd be like, oh, if I just got more time, I could hit more shots. But I was like, also like, if we want to win, though, you don't do that. <laughs> right. uh, and I was, I kind of wished I was on a worse team just so I could play. Like to participate um, more. <laughs> but like, and then you watch improv, and I have students who are like, I'm the best in my class. I've had students say that to me, and I'm like, they're like, why don't I get into teacher selected classes? Why can't I get on teams? I'm like, well, you know, it's really hard. It's really competitive. You have to be like the best person in almost every class you're in. I'm like, yeah, it's sort of where I'm at. And I'm like, oh, no. And like my mind, I'm like, you're one of the worst. <laughs> right. But you think this, yeah. and it's well, crazy. We're all, they, the, we're all the stars of our own movie. Yeah, but it, it it's like, but they wouldn't think that. I think if it was, I, maybe some people do this with sports. But it's like you wouldn't think this if you were like playing well, basketball. Yeah, no, and if you got blocked five times in a row, you'd be like, no, no I'm yeah. bad. But you can you can create your own narrative in an improv class of just like, yeah. well, that move. I was doing something cooler, but Shannon didn't get it, so now we're yeah. in this <laughs> fucked up situation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If Shannon doesn't yeah, get it. That's different. For missing five foul shots. Right. Exactly. There is no like <laughs> people like, watch. Well, she was you know looking at me, and I heard her fucking yeah. fart, and then I missed it. Yeah, yeah. you can't go into your post-game press conference and say I was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> they go, hey, fuck you, pal. Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to do... <laughs> yeah, okay, it, we'll give you those points. I always... I mean, there's no hope in improv is what I like to say. Right. Because if someone's like, well, I was hoping you... I was hoping yeah. they would do this. It's like, you can't hope. Yeah. You just have to react. I also, went through, like, I went through a phase pre-Mailer Demon, my second team, Filth. Uh, Which is, by the way, one of the first UCB shows I've ever saw. Yeah, did you see our good one? No, I saw you. The uh, this is a great. Uh, here's a great inside baseball story. I 
was not living in the city. I was still at school, but I I wanted to go see it. I made it through level one and never had been to UCB <laughs> to see a show. <laughs> they were not mandatory. They was not mandatory. And, not mandatory and then like someone made the analogy one time. I was like, would you ever play football without watching one football game first? <laughs> I was like, whoa, I got to go to some of these shows. So I like, so you went to a football game first. So, so I went to a football game. I was like, I get it. <laughs> I, I was staying with my friend. I was going to visit my friends who had moved to the city who had graduated Maris. And I was like, guys, uh, everyone was talking in class about this cage match team that randomly beat Respect. Like, yeah. And it was the day, Filth had a great show and beat Respect yeah, the yeah, week right. before. And I saw the next show and I was like, oh, these guys are yeah, fun. It was an okay show. <laughs> right. It was an okay show. But it was one of those things. And I talked you had it just up missed to my our friends, best show. And I just missed your best show. And that was my first improv <laughs> show I saw at UCB. And I was like, oh, and but there was something where I'm like, oh, this is really funny. I see what they're going for. I get it. And then I was like, oh, fuck scenes. I really like the whole show because I, I would uh, later get good at like callbacks and connections yeah. or pulling something small and and, and I, I found that I loved that and yeah, you I never forget anything until I saw it live because you're doing like level one and you're just stepping out and doing scenes off the monologue and then I saw that and I was like oh there's a whole show to play with and I was like a movie fan and like into comedy movies and I was like oh now I understand why callbacks are funny or why it's like oh that's the guy from act one and I'm like oh I started like and yeah, I could see the connections between that and comedy movies and I'm like oh I'm like autistically memorizing comedy movies you, I could use that to my you advantage. bring everything back in shows even the stuff nobody wanted brought back oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like oh we bring this movie back and we're like no I'm glad that move didn't hit we didn't have to do it again I'm like no 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 I, I think I gotta fix I remember one. you doing bad move bringing bad moves I did and like giving me a look like you're welcome and I'm like I don't want to do this this, this died <laughs> I that, the cocky you're welcome look is a classic gamer's <laughs> like guys I yeah. got this thing sealed up and delivered don't you worry about but it but I also remember getting credit for moves that you would do like you would set up callbacks and I would go with it and it'd be like everyone would be like oh it was a smart move I'm like yeah Gaber started that I forgot about that until he started it <laughs> I well, that was the great thing about our team yeah I think it was it was like, hard to tell never, where things you started never knew who started something. Well, that was what was fun about Fwand, right? That was yeah, what was yeah, fun yeah, about yeah. Fwand. And there'd be even moments where you'd be like, oh, Shannon, that was such great. You're like, I wasn't thinking that. I'm like, oh, I thought you were doing this awesome move, so I followed up with it, and then you thought I made that move. Yeah. We don't know where it came it's from. It's the most artistic, and I hate to use that word, but it is like the most, we were truly like, well, what can we do? Yeah. And I thought, so for, if you're listening, if you're still listening and I have no idea what we've been talking about, our second team after Mailer Demon, which was like a fun, like, shotgun blast team, we 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 did Fwand, which was like, an, and I would say we were like a sniper rifle or a new weapon of some sort if to keep that analogy going where we tried to we just like, um what's like a just like a like a ripple effect like, <laughs> yeah. like one of the yeah. scatter bomb or something <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we really wanted to take each show to be completely its own thing was like, I think our mandate was yeah. like every show. Whereas in improv, that is true because it's suggestion and you build a show, but we were like, no, the suggestion as the show, I think was what Peter uh, yeah. Gwynn would say, or those guys yeah. would say that we kind of, and we just saw TJ and Dave were popping off and Foursquare was like popping off at the time. And we were kind of like, these guys are breaking conventions and Foursquare specifically, which is Lutz, Bacadol, Peter Gross. And I can never remember the fourth guy's name. Because uh, the three the three guys I'm friends with, I don't remember the fourth yeah, yeah. guy. I took a workshop with the fourth guy. He was great. Oh, he was great. I, I remember seeing them full strength at a DCM, and it was awesome. But He's the uh, one guy that subscribes to your podcast, too, so it's going to be heartbreaking be for him. 
and I remember, and Foursquare would do like never a sweep edit. They would just be like, yeah. open a door, and then everyone would be opening doors, or a, the shitty one is like a bird would fly by, and then we'd all be birds or whatever. Yeah. But we found that to edit without sweep edits, we were like, oh, we can find these cool yeah. conceits for shows. And I was. And it was right at the time where I was like, I'm very good at improv. And we all were. <laughs> like, Miller Demon was, we were all very good at improv. It felt easy at that and time. And it felt easy. And it felt like we were, like, literally, we were doing 17-minute shows that people were like, yeah. And then we're like, what can we do with Fwand? And we just went fucking completely in the other, yeah, like, artsy like 38-minute shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It'd be and long. Those were some of my most, I, I, so many of them like blend together in my head. Yeah. Because I mean, now we're, we're talking, each of us have done over decades of weekly shows, but fucking flan, We The one I remember was the group game where we were. Yeah, the, I know which one you're talking about. Where the flashlight would come on us and we would freeze. No, we the, it, was, it wasn't even a flashlight. Someone, you may have been the first person to step up. Somebody stepped out first and just stood in place. And that was it. And then someone else came in and stood in place until all of us were in the scene, just frozen. And that was the whole scene for like two minutes was just us all standing still. Yes. And, and there was no in, game. Like, there was like no watchman or something. Nothing happened. And then eventually you just went, they're gone, scatter. And we all ran. And that was the end of the scene. It was sort of a callback to an earlier mouse scene. Oh, yes. But yeah. it, the, the, the group game itself was just us standing still. Oh, that was and fucking And it great. was this weird thing, like the audience would be silent. And they start, everyone would start laughing. And then they get quiet because we weren't doing anything. Right. And then they would laugh again because we were still doing it. And we, we were like two we were minutes. On purpose because we were trying. We had such a mission statement that we knew all right, don't react to the laughs. Like yeah. we knew it was like, no, 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 yeah. dig and, deeper. And don't worry about what game is or what the scene is. Just support what's happening. It's like, nobody's moving, then I'm not moving. Right, yeah. and it was so, so, so cool. fun. And then the other big one I remember was where uh, it was around the time of a big labor union strike. Yeah, yeah. And the we, writer's strike. Was it the writer's strike? I think so. And then we went on strike. At, uh, Fond went on strike, and we came out as our own Latino scams. <laughs> yeah, that, yep. that was post me. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Uh, okay, which is yeah, okay. Yeah. Still, yeah, Fond was still uh, yeah. Chelsea Clark was also a member of Fond after Shannon went on to the Stepfathers and yeah. still are still doing the Stepfathers. Step yeah. <laughs> that was honestly such a hard decision. I, I totally yeah. yeah to go to the stepfathers but it makes sense you, that full hour is worth it <laughs> yeah but it wasn't like i wasn't like uh well you just knew from mailer demon and from how the theater worked that we were all gonna eventually I, leave and like you know ellie was moving but i also knew how special fond was it, yeah. yeah it was just like fuck this uh, team is so special and but it was like i loved ruben not, i loved curfew but i never felt like as like awesome as I did on Mailer Demon of Juan, where it just felt like, oh, everyone loves this team. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows us and loves us. It was so weird. And I wonder also in if the part, tiny little community. Yeah. Part of it was that at at those time that those times in our lives, that was the most important thing. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's always gonna flavor your memories where it's like, yeah, law firm was never that and it's like because law firm I was now in the business, quote unquote, and doing other things. And I was like, oh, improv is actually kind of like not, you got to be writing. You got to be doing this. You yeah. got to be doing that. And I was like, oh shit. But when we were doing Mail of Demon of Flond, it was like, there was nothing more important to me than my improv team. And that's a very unusual Sad. thing. Right, right. No, not, yeah. To have eight people that are all right. in that same headspace. Right. Yeah. Like, and we were, it was sort of lucky, like, Melody, it wasn't like we brought ourselves together being like, hey, we're all super, it was just sort of like we got thrown together and, and it was, it was like, and it just worked. sort of clicked and then we're like, oh, this has worked and we all got, made us all get more into it and then we added three more people. That could have ruined it. Right. Yeah. Like, it, and it made it better. Because my, fir my first team, Optimist International, was great and like an amazing learning Was Moses experience. on that one? No, he was know. on Van Buren. Yeah, no. Optimus International was me, Mick Breyer, Gethard, 
eventually McBrayer was like me, Gethard, uh, Rhea Dates, Husky? McKeel, um, fucking Tom, I forget his last name, and then Husky, Seth Morris, Rob Jesus. Cordry. <laughs> Jesus. Cordry Three of the naked team. babies. Rob Cordry was on it for two weeks. Oh, he was right. on it, and then he got the Daily Show, and he literally came in and did a, I think he came in and did a group game, and then like he was driving by, ran in, got on stage, did a group game with us, it was like us opening a bunch of drawers or something, and then he left. Like he did. I think he only did a group game, and that was sort the of, most he did on the team. It's sort of <laughs> awesome that he was like, "Oh, I still want to do this." <laughs> yeah, and then he eventually was like, oh, "I can't." Yeah, you know, I can't commit. And then we got, we did get uh, McBrayer. But that was those guys had already. It's imagine like losing no, Cordry and being like, "We're losing Cordry. That sucks." Oh, here's Jack McBrayer. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. Another but, truly singular talent. Yeah. But those guys, as far as like how old the theater had been, even though it only been like a, a couple yeah. years old, they'd been there from the get go. They had been there, so they were like true veterans, and they were like thrown on a team with like me. And I was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I was that person. Like I wanted to. There was like a span of like six months that like at one point that we had not rehearsed, and. They didn't need it, but I was like, oh, I need it. So like I was kind of miserable because I was not at the same I wasn't at the same point as them. Like they right. were also you starting needed to get closer to your ten thousand hours. Yes. Yeah. They had already had their ten thousand hours and they were already like starting to like book stuff and stuff like that. So it's like it was like a and we were like a really good team. Like we were doing organic yeah. stuff back then. And it just it was very much a clinic on just improv and like my own maturity and how to handle things. Cause it was a couple of times like I didn't handle stuff very well. Um and totally pissed the like people off, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's the way to find it. out. But yeah. that's how you find out. It's like, oh yeah, I was. You could have easily just said, "Oh fuck this theater," and then left. And dealt. usually that is, I feel like, what happens is you do something wrong, you're embarrassed about it, so it's just easier to not ever deal with it. But like to grow from a mistake. And yeah, <laughs> and it was. No, I was like, oh wait, I, mean, I don't have time no, to no, do that. No. Shit. I'm upset, but four people on the team are upset with me. Clearly, yeah. I what's the common I, denominator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in the wrong here, and, <laughs> uh, and it was not. Yeah, it was just like messy, fucky shit. Um, but yeah, but that's what it is. It's like you have to grow from your mistakes and like your failures and figure shit out. But that's where then getting on, uh, Mailer Demon, because that was then my next team. Because it was Joe Ross Tribe and then Optimus International. Optimus International was my second team. And then you were on Mailer Demon, and there was that first iteration with Gavin and uh, yeah, Shelley Stover. Yes, and others. Uh, and others and then thunder dave thunder right uh, itb and then so uh they left and me you and rogers no rogers was already you gone. and i were the only ones added we got added but other people had been added before us right i think like maybe dom Gavin was not an original member. Gavin was an original he was and he, oh maybe no he Gavin was, not, was the first to leave dom was a new member yeah dom was Gavin went, was the Cagney, first to leave Gav, dom, dom went when cagney Gavin. when cagney uh broke up yeah he went to mailer demon because gavin went to the shoves or right, right. he played with the yeah. shoves yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, really important. Here's a, a let's uh, some random fond memories. I got another one just came into my okay. head. Do you remember the Halloween show where we cut holes? This might have been Chelsea too. It's Chelsea, yeah. We cut. Oh yeah. We made ghost costumes, and one scene was an orgy, and I grabbed Gil by the waist and was humping him like as hard as I could from behind, but. We all had uh, uh, yeah. sheets on, so I'm pounding Gil, and then it's just like. Gabriel, stop! And it was Ellie Kemper, and I was like, <laughs> literally the most inappropriate. Like, I was fucking her, dry fucking her, 
so hard and I thought it was Gil so I'm like <laughs> this is like funny I'm bullying Gil and she's, and she's saying it through laughter yes. so it's like one of the funniest things ever she's like hey Bristol and I'm like oh my god I'm, afterwards I'm so sorry and then I was like I understood like masquerade sex parties <laughs> it like made sense I was like oh you got some no weird shit for a while yeah. Yeah. oh yeah when I say understood masquerade sex parties I mean really got into the scene <laughs> yeah that was great we were all in those ghost costumes so we couldn't do any object work there's no facial expression <laughs> like it was just a mess it was, it was so dumbest weird idea. it was a great show I remember watching it it was a great it was, idea because you never called out that you were ghosts no right? which was perfect yeah. like that's what you gotta do it made no sense that we did that no I, it did it was, it was so we great. later on did a less successful uh, Christmas one where we all held uh, cups Mugs of cocoa yeah. but never and just always had one hand holding cocoa it didn't work quite as well but it was the same sort of thing of like sweaters. very limiting right. yeah I remember sweating my ass off I like when people try that stuff yeah, there yeah. was a there was a Lloyd team that for it didn't work, and I know, and they are aware of it. I forget what team it was like in, like was two years ago. One? The Blob, a big time, big time for Halloween. They just all were under one giant, it was like, one sheet, one sheet. It was like eight holes, one sheet. Oh, yeah, right? that's so fun. Yeah, but it's at the at the East Village Theater. So that's dangerous. That's a, it's a, like this a way. that stage is so hot <laughs> yeah. already, and it's. F- Eight, Eight people under seat is the whole stage. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, it was, yes, it was just like, but I also, but I loved it. Cause it was like, it's so they cool. Just, they tried that. They tried it and it did like, it just like, it didn't, it failed. But Flond used to be in the like, crowd a lot. That yeah. was a big thing would be like just walking through. Like I remember doing something where we were swimming and we were just like, laying on the laps of uh, people in the audience, like yeah, we were, kicking our feet and moving our arms and shit. Yeah. We were often on people. I also remember you drinking people's beers that had them in the audience. <laughs> that was just the like audience a, was part uh, of our problem. show for sure. <laughs> that was just something I was going through. Tuan was, I also love Tuan um, because like it was the only team where it really was like I was in even if I wasn't in a scene, I was in every scene. Like you just felt like this. I'm not in my scene. Now it's your scene. Now it's this person. It's I never just like, felt at rest. It's just like I'm yeah, constantly like, going. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're focus. all in every scene. We're all in everything. Even if you're on the back line, it's like you're barely on the back line. Yeah, you just have you're in it. And if nothing has ever felt like that, even like the best other shows, a few ass cats I've done or curfew, it's like there's moments where you're just sort of like, oh, maybe I'll do a walk on. But like, I'm not like right. I, I'm relaxing right now. I'm not actively yeah. going. But uh, Flan, you never could do that. I remember a great Flan show where this uh, I forget what all the first beats were, but the second beats all occurred in the stadium of a baseball game. Also, like, also a Chelsea Clark show. Was it? That was one of our most recent ones. I feel like that's yeah, yeah. a lot of um, yeah. a, a one of our crutch moves was all the second beats take place in the same location. Was like a yeah yeah. It was like a sort I think of, that baseball stadium was near the end of our run. It was just before we like lost a few people and became foie for a month. Oh yeah. We were so, Flond. Yeah, and Flond. The naming of Flond was a a seven hour journey, and Greg Tukolescu just threw out the name Flond like, yeah. to be, be an asshole. Greg goes, "How about a Flond?" Uh, he said five gibberish words because we each were allowed to pitch yeah, yeah. like five ideas, and yeah. we're going to vote them down, vote them down, and we voted it all the way down to the shampoo effect, and we still just chose Flond, yeah. like the shampoo effect. I hate shampoo effect. I loved it. Shannon so and I glad. both loved Flond, yeah. yeah, and we were older and more stubborn. <laughs> and then we put else. the umlaut over the A, and it, it was <laughs> all lowercase. Lower it made no sense. We thought we were like a Swedish death metal band. Uh, and our weekend show, when we did a few weekend shows, was called "What the Definition of Flond" or "What is Flond?" What's the meaning of Flond? <laughs> What's the meaning of Flond? <laughs> I love that name still. 
I loved like a team being so good that's like this gibberish name feels like a cool name now. Well, that's all it is. Whatever your name is, yeah. if your team is good, you love the name. Oh, I had this conversation with Besser once on Improv for Humans, and I said. Yeah, you have to make the team good. Monkey Dick, Respecto Montalban, those are garbage. Ruben names. Williams, Ruben Williams, that's a dumb name. But like, all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, Ruben's great. Yeah, and then you, like, and you don't call it Ruben Williams all the time. It's- Mailer Demon was like one of the few I thought good names. Yeah, because it was like of the time. I mean, now yeah. it would seem insane to be called that. <laughs> but uh, I, I said to Besser, I was like, yeah, like Upright Citizens Brigade. That's such a fucking. <laughs> And he was like so offended. And I was like, wait, you don't think that name is stupid? Imagine if that team like was bad. If that team was bad, it would seem so arrogant and right? stupid and overbearing. And I'm like, without it's the history of name, UCB. Yeah. It's yeah. a great name based on what it has become. Yeah. Right. Like the and swarm, UCB is a great acronym. The Swarm is a good the name. The Swarm is a great name. But if they were like a mediocre team, you'd be like, ugh. Yeah. I can't believe you call yourself the Swarm. No, I think a good example of that is Dillinger and the Shoves. Because those are two like punk band names yeah and if you're not a good team that looks soft you yeah. know what i mean uh what like monkey dick is a great example of like that you should not have a cheesy name if you're an improv yeah. team but then that was when, a name because they couldn't choose a name that right. was just what billy had called them in rehearsals because uh mitch mcgee used to say monkey dick a lot so billy would call them monkey dick because they didn't have a name because they're just a practice group they didn't do shows they became a team was like have you guys picked a name yet and they're like no we're still deciding so like, you're monkey dick <laughs> And that was like the team that I, did you guys have a team that when you started out, you were like watching and you were like, I want to eventually be on a team like that. Uh, I mean, when I started Swarm and Respecto were the two best teams. So right. as Respecto actually wasn't a team. So it was just the Swarm. And then it was like Cowbot and Corndog. All right. We're right. good teams. Swarm was so much better than everyone else. So it was like, that's it. Yeah. And then Mother and Respecto. It was like, the, they were obvious. It was like, oh, the three best teams were the three teams I love. Right. The three biggest teams. See, I, I like couldn't do weekends because I didn't live. These weren't there. weekends. These were all Herald teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the Swarm I, would do Herald and the weekend. Yeah. They when when they first shit. moved to Friday, See, they were still on Herald night. And they did cage match like once every six weeks if they weren't on a run anyway. Because it just rotated through the Herald teams and nobody else did it. Which is another way that they, those, those teams got good because they were yeah. performing. Just getting reps. They were yeah. getting reps. Uh, yeah. Swarm was great. And then Respecto formed themselves and they were instantly great. And then Mother got really good. And oh, it was just like, so wow, those three teams are awesome. And they were all on Herald night. I just watched them. I'd go to Herald night and be like, I'll sit through this bad team because Mother's after them. And right. even the bad team would be okay, but Mother would be awesome. And then, oh, Respecto in the second half? Okay, I'll stick around. Who's in cage match? Swarm? All right, I'm going to stick around, and I'll be here tomorrow night to see Swarm again. <laughs> and that thing with getting reps that I think is also important that with us was we took advantage of, like, when we did those Friday shows, we still let ourselves be like, this is where we can, like, fuck around and have fun, but we didn't let that reinforce bad habits. Right. Or I think now, like, there's a lot of people, I think they think, like, oh, we get a lot of reps, but if you're just performing for your friends, right? If you're only doing and bar shows, to their reactions and letting that tell you if you're good or not, yeah, no bueno, my friend. Like right. I would, I would. I as think a fr- coach, the, the rule I had was I, I could be shit faced for our Friday night shows, but and I would, I would be sober have, for Tuesday. And I, had, I would have no idea that you were shit faced too. It's so impossible to tell. I did not. I you're never very functional. I am, never, I am truly a functioning drunk. So because you're just like I'm shit faced right now. I was like, what? You just did an amazing hip hop show, and I was like, fucking hated you. You well, might be drunk right now. I wouldn't um, know for sure. No, you'll never know. <laughs> I've yeah, I think back then, like, I mean, we didn't have a coach, but I would like, if I was coaching a team, like I would go to their indie shows, right? like indie teams. I would go to their shows and I'd give them notes. Like I would go to Bombardo shows all the time. Yeah. And like, that's how. 
you got to get feedback from right. Well, you also just got to know that someone's watching you. Uh, do you know what's a right. great example of that? Like, anyone, I go to the creek in the cave all the time and just sit in the back. <laughs> just <laughs> I don't even know if they have improv. Just anymore. email no, uh, uh, manager at creekinthecave dot com. <laughs> Lists yeah. pages and pages of improv notes. Triple crown. I started that fire. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I love how inside. I want to see how you would react. <laughs> oh, there was some fire triple crown up above apparently while there was a show going down in the basement and like they didn't tell the people in the basement <laughs> that there was a fire. Holy Holy shit, that's some crazy. Fucking There's wild. something like that. I don't know. Alleged, uh, alleged, to, alleged, alleged. What a way to die doing a yeah. shitty improv show. Twelve like people that. in the audience. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing John Reynolds because uh, before old us, old school John Reynolds, old school John Reynolds, search party, John not search party. Uh, Ruben Williams, Ruben Williams. Uh, before show, when John they were Reynolds. Robin Williams would oh, perform so Friday were. nights at the uh, and with Ugly Stick. I don't remember who they Yeah, were. I think so. Um, and they then, did a stuff with Rogue, or it was just Rogue. Oh, Rogue. Like, it was Rogue. You're right. It yeah. was, and then Rogue and Ugly Stick. Okay. It was like, uh, and then, uh, but, so uh, I would go see Robin Williams and Rogue, and John Reynolds would be like drinking a tall boy, a Bud Heavy on stage. He would be visibly drunk, <laughs> and he's a giant compared to the rest of his team. And he, like, I remember him one time holding Katie Dippold's cheeks like a baby, squeezing them to get her to open her mouth, and then pouring beer oh, down Jesus. her throat. And I was just watching that like, holy shit. And everyone was enjoying it. And Dippold <laughs> included was like, I mean, of course, I'm sure she didn't love it, but she thought it was. <laughs> Like, funny in that moment and I was like holy shit this is like what team is like and then Rogue would come out or Rogue would come out first and you'd be like these guys weren't as funny as Robin Williams was but they were fucking a team too where yeah. it was like and I was like oh I can't wait to have this and then we got, I got it with yeah. MD and Flaunt we got it we, Dude, we uh, let's we wrap it up it. do we, we have any it. You, I, I mean, it's kind of rude to ask the uh, heads of UCB New York um, any going improv advice in case someone, some uh, like college kid is like, I'm thinking about doing improv and then sees that I have this improv podcast episode. And um, well, I've, I mean, it has to be fun. You know, like improv, you, you need to do it because you get joy out of it. Right. Um, you're not going to. Don't don't go at it thinking you're going to get on a house team at whatever theater you're at. Go in it for the education of it because anything you learn in the improv class, you can. It's also up to you to let yourself have that education. If you're cocky and you're defensive with notes, like go away. If you just want to take classes, someone someone tells you how funny you are. No, you're, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. You don't yeah. get you don't get that validation ever, really. You have, yeah, you got to take it to learn and get anything. It's like you want to learn piano, you have. You know, you want yeah. to be able to, you want to play piano, not to be like, oh, you play great. It's one of the one only, uh, comedy is only like the, one of the few businesses that people show up and say, no, I got it. <laughs> like you wouldn't just like go into surgery and be like, everyone tells me I'm a great yeah. doctor. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and you have to accept failure and embrace failure. That's like the most important part I mean, part if you want to be in this business better. period, you have to be comfortable with rejection. Oh, constantly. I'm rejected three times a week. I mean, I'm yeah. immune to criticism. And it's like, oh, getting an audition <laughs> is success. Why were you crying when we got in here, nothing Gabriel. happens <laughs> from it is rejection. Right, yeah. <laughs> getting a call back, that's the next step in success, but then not booking it. That's rejection. It, like 95% of the time ends yeah. in rejection. And then you finally book that thing and you film your scene and then they cut a bunch of your lines. That's rejection. Yeah, and you tell your mom to watch and you're not in it. And you're oh, like, mom, yeah. I swear to God, I am an actor technically. Yeah. And then you're it's like, well, I rejection. got that, but why am I not getting a bigger part? Or right. why am I not yeah. getting this? Or yeah. am I, there's always if a next thing. you're asking why, 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 someone yeah. else can't answer that for you. No, there's you no answer to, to success. And just, I mean, create your own shit. Everyone's probably sick of hearing that, but... There's not, there's not enough space 
wherever you want to be yeah. necessarily. <laughs> right. If you get there, you get there. Make your own space. Make your own space. Yeah. yeah. And if you uh, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. Improv is super fun. Uh, we all did it. We all do it and we all love it. Uh, but that's it. Like uh, uh, everything else anyone gets is because of other things they attach outside of improv. Right. Improv is still, you know, improv yeah. is fun because guys like Paul Shear, who may be the busiest person alive, still does a weekly improv show. Yeah. Uh, Jason Manzoukas still does improv. And anyone who's like Besser and Walsh, Horatio, these guys are showing up to do improv week after week. Because it is fun. It's really fun. And, I, and whenever people are frustrated and being like, I'm not moving forward, or I'm not, and my answer is always like, well, is it still fun? If it's not still fun, stop doing it. It. Just right. stop and do something else. Uh, if it's still fun, then keep doing it and find ways to have more fun and try to get better at it. But yeah. and if you only have on fun the- with progress or like more and more success, that's going to be a real letdown yeah. in life because you do not continually succeed. And don't blame others because you didn't get what you wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's standard life advice. Yeah, and at some point it will be someone else's fault that you don't get something, but that's fucking life, and that sucks. <laughs> and don't was, blame Bernie Sanders. Uh, yeah. just like, blame you know, Hillary. She ran no. a bad campaign. <laughs> lock her up. Uh, lock her up. And like always, I'll end this with a lock her up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lock her no, but it is like that. Just came out, and it's like I, some of that is true, some of it isn't. But I hear that, and I'm just sort of like, yeah. And it sucks that this has to be true, but it's like. The Steve Martin quote, like, be so good that no one can say no. Right. Anything you want to do. And uh, I think Hillary was great. But uh, uh, there's no point. The, the last thing the Democrats right now need is a uh, book pointing blame. Yeah, at it's anyone. like, here's it's why like, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like, okay, but now you lost. I don't know. It doesn't matter where all came gang. from. We need this country. When I watch uh, baseball games and it's like, oh, if they had gotten that one call, I'm like, oh, it shouldn't have come down to that one call. You should have dominated the other team. That was when I played rugby. That was the big thing. I, I, they would be like, it's bullshit. They won that scrum. That was bullshit. I'm like, hey, if we were up 21 to nothing, that scrum wouldn't yeah. have mattered. You know what I mean? Like, it, like yeah. that's all you need to worry about. The ref missed that foul. It's like, yeah, score more points earlier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in MMA and boxing, they say like, oh, I, the judges gave me the wrong points. It's like, don't leave it to the judges, not yeah. the mother fucker out if you have a bad show take the lesson and apply it to the next show yeah don't yeah. dwell on that other and show. also it's one of many to come <laughs> yeah. yeah and also if you're not having bad shows you're not trying hard enough <laughs> yeah exactly. like, no, don't I, I have students, if you don't think you've had a bad show you are not you have had a number of bad definitely shows. you see students and performers who are just like they're playing it safe all the time it's like yeah you're pretty good you're not getting better because you're not making mistakes right yeah, yeah, you gotta make mistakes. I still make mistakes, and that's I, and I, I constantly learn. make mistakes. I yeah. choose to make mistakes so often. Mistakes are the best part. I play with Jim Santangeli, who thrive. He's the most excited when he makes a mistake. Well, because he literally can never remember someone's <laughs> and name it's so or much fun. Job. Like he can never remember any detail. But I try to just channel that energy when I watch Jim <laughs> say something, and we're like, "Wait, what did you say?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's what I meant to say." And it's he's one of the few so people funny. I know. Like we always joke as improvisers, you start a sentence not sure, not knowing how it ends. Jim starts words not. <laughs> <laughs> not positive how the word is supposed to end. He doesn't even know the fucking third syllable. Um, guys, this is the plugs portion. Uh, we'll start with Spo because you have plugs. And uh, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I took Kevin's joke from him. I feel like that was what oh, he's going to yeah. hear. Um, we got the Gethard Show. We have yes, the Chris Gethard Show is on True TV. It's live Thursdays at eleven o'clock. Um, so please check that out. Uh, we should be going through the first week of no of December. Oh, nice. Um, oh, 
no, that was a skull. Um, <laughs> That's my little girl skull. Yeah. <laughs> so please, uh, yeah. So please check that out. Uh, you can also. What's your Twitter? So oh, people can at Spotastic. At Spotastic. So people my can Twitter and tweet. my Instagram. Please don't fucking. I'm gonna say I've only been on basic cable. Uh, now true TV is great. We had a lot of exposure, but I'm starting to get weird messages and I don't like it. Uh, welcome I to, don't, I welcome don't to like the, it. I, I get weird messages I and I think women get like, uh, exponentially amount. To, I, f- I think it's, I think people think they're being nice. Cause you're I, weird on the show too. Yeah. But I, I don't like just like someone putting a comment. That's like, you're fucking hot. I find that. I don't like that. No. And also, what? I, I like <laughs> it. I like it. It's, it's, I like when people message me, Spo is fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> Please, at Gabrus. <laughs> Spo is fucking hot. CC me on all your creepy messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, DMs are open, baby. I don't know. It just feels like a weird thing. Um, oh, yeah. And I get, because of the personality I've built online, I get people sending me comments that I think they think are bits. But and, it's, it can be hurtful? Yeah. Well, <laughs> at one time I was like, hey, man, don't ever say my wife's name. Right. <laughs> and he was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, no, it's fine. But like, think about that. Like, yeah. would you go up to Tom, like Tom Cruise, like whoever. It's like, who's your wife? <laughs> who's your wife, you gay lord? <laughs> Pansom. <laughs> Scientology, yeah, would you, you ever shut do that? down this podcast. <laughs> Uh, at Kevin Hines uh, at, at Kev, Kev Hines Kev yes. K-E-V Hines uh, and yeah check out uh, my lawn it's uh, <laughs> recently mowed so it's looking real good right now uh, I actually check it out as soon as possible because you, you don't have time to mow it again yeah I mean bit. it's going to be a couple weeks so check it out right after I've mowed it it looks pretty good check in out my Instagram KevHinesLawns.net uh, later this year I'll be reading Oathbringer it's the latest Brandon Sanderson novel it's a thousand pages so that's a cool thing to keep up on me about oh that's really exciting because I just read the Kingkiller Chronicles highly recommended have oh. I've heard, I've read the first one. Uh, they're both great. I've read. There's two of three. Great. And I have a book on me that is my favorite fantasy novel. Right read, now. read Stormlight Archives. Stormlight they're Archives? They're insane. And I'm that's Sanderson? Brandon Sanderson. Uh, yeah. And they're great. insane. Not a part of this Oh, this will be a whole nother episode. Next yeah. time I'm in New York, in we can do a fantasy Oh, man. Anymore. I love his books. Oh, <laughs> All right. So, boring. Um, um, so you want to talk sports for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys want to watch a uh, VHS highlight reel of dunks? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan, come fly with me. One of the best. You could just, I'm, honestly, that's <laughs> such a good one. That was, was the most on-brand Spo <laughs> moment right there. If only it finished with like, now grab my sandy tits. <laughs> oh, my peanut butter. Peanut butter. My bags of peanut butter. Sandwich bags filled with peanut butter <laughs> yeah. anytime Gabrus I Gabrus has permission in improv scenes to touch my tits and I have <laughs> yes once no you've done it more than once <laughs> you're like a thousand times <laughs> you did it mostly in rehearsal no, I got, yeah <laughs> no, um, there was one like where ha- you've done it like a handful of times probably when, when it made sense through the years yeah, yes yeah. it's never just random <laughs> right it's just like an eye contact thing of like you know you can I can't believe we made it to this podcast without talking about you being pantsed in rehearsal oh you just, shit you let's, just talked about it recently didn't you, uh, did you? I think so let's end, let's end it real quick was that I, male or demon male or demon that I was male or demon Moses did it I was doing a weird stretch at, I was calling oh it was callback island at the end of rehearsal we had been doing we were in pantsing. room one and, no, uh, two. We're in room two. We're in room two at the uh, UCB, and I was doing. Street. I was calling back to the stretch and share as like a stupid bit. Yeah. And Moses went to pants me and pulled down my underwear, underwear. as well. And we and all then, saw. And we all saw, saw my little dick. fucking tiny dick next to my giant body. Not the last time I would see. You. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> One of many times. Yeah. <laughs> I did and a web was... video with you where you made me look at it for a while. <laughs> you and Justin. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds about right. I don't and think it ever played anywhere. Just laugh, and we had to call rehearsal. So fun, yeah, just, for like half an hour. Charlie just, Todd literally said rehearsal is over, yeah. and I'm pointing up in the air because Charlie Todd's my next guest, so I think he's probably outside. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we were. Oh man, it was. 
It was yeah. fucking It was wild. so funny. Yeah. Moses apologized so many times. And my so hands were over my head, so like I had like the slowest reaction time, the yeah. longest distance to get him in front of my and dick. And also the one person who didn't care his dick was out probably. Right, right. That You're like, did I do this or did someone else do it? <laughs> well, it was funny because it was one of those things where I like laughed looked at like I because th- I think the worst part was is that you and Ellie the two females of the group were across the circle looking yeah. at me and I just like yeah you were here I was here and you were there <laughs> I saw you I see me and was like oh and yeah. I was like no <laughs> it wasn't we were all looking at you because you were telling a monologue right, or something I was calling attention to myself like I do at the, whenever I speak it out was loud. the best yeah we were in like a wide circle yeah. it was probably one of the it was good that's what improv's all about left. Looking at John Gabris' dick. Yeah, oh, really? that's my last piece of advice. Is I if you're- think I told that story on Pete Holmes. Uh, uh, you made it weird. as oh, like, yeah. he asked a thing, like, when's the hardest you've laughed? Oh, yeah. I think I told that. That, that was, was one of the hardest times I've ever laughed. Because oh, it was 15 minutes of we- just like... <laughs> Yeah, like being like, "Why Moses?" And then like we saw it, it was like all these things just, just trying tears to- running down <laughs> yeah. my face. It was and so everyone funny. lost it. Uh, the other time I think we laughed the hardest uh, was uh, when somebody I was playing a uh, someone riding a wolf on someone's back, and the person underneath me wet themselves they were laughing so hard, and then we saw <laughs> yeah, the streak yeah, yeah. on the ground. Oh, because that same person. I maybe this was twice that same person it was a was separate this, time because they did it once on that was at rehearsal a few oh, times on stage, on stage yeah. and then on stage that person uh, I was, uh, was we were doing an exercise and I was mo- they were on their back and I was <laughs> yeah. moving their legs back and yeah. forth and they were laughing and then I was like okay you and dragged them and then I dragged them and then we all saw the piece yeah. <laughs> and we knew it happened so it was like oh yeah we had, we had already had that re- we knew yeah. what they were alright uh, so I brought great. that up with them recently and it was very funny uh, <laughs> I'm at John Gabris on Twitter and the guy who peed his pants on stage <laughs> and uh, check uh, buy a shirt at gabrus.com slash shirts and last piece of improv advice if you do want to take classes I would say go to New York or LA and take a class at UCB uh, you get funny in New York yeah oh take that LA oh, you live, New York is harder to live in so if you if you succeed it's New York forces you. I will tell you what, LA is not easy to live in anymore. <laughs> it's lonely and depressing. Yeah. Oh no, there's like a difference also. Right, but right, I mean, yeah. Like just the financial and the weather. Yeah. And it also the, feels like there's more chance to just suck in New York and get better. Right. Where LA, it's sort of yes. like you're if you're sucking, you're next to Paul Tompkins, and it's like, oh, he's great. I'm yeah. done. It's yeah. over. Well, and New York is like if among, amongst UCB, it's like UCB first, uh, Hollywood entertainment second. In LA, it's sort of flipped, where it's yeah. like people are t- not talking about cool shows they saw, but yeah. they're talking about uh, places they've submitted. Their All we talk about to. is our improv shows and sketch shows in LA. It's like great show. Now, what'd you book? What'd you <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, what's more importantly, is that a U five or what? Um, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for coming all the way to Williamsburg to do this. Thanks for having me. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.